the you kind of like this guy, but when you can't decide between the filet o fish or the Big Mac, and he says, I'll get you both. Thank you. You definitely <laughs> like this guy meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Welcome to the Podcast Maneuver, the officially unofficial podcast for Picard on CBS All Access. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just watched season one, episode four, titled Absolute Candor. Uh, I want you to be absolutely candid here. What'd you think? Well, I'm going to open my, my opinion like a book and say mm-hmm. that uh, <laughs> this continues to have a lot of good stuff in it, but it also had one of the more embarrassing scenes in uh, Star Trek history, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a, a scene so awful, I, I almost blacked out midway through it. Uh-huh. Of course, I'm I'm referring to the uh, the romantic Borg ice skating rink mm-hmm. date that uh, that is happened. It, this is the Borg version of curling. I think it <laughs> is. Yeah. I was thinking like um, it seems impossible that there isn't in the entire span of the galaxy and the Borg's conquest of it. Uh, there's never been a Borg drone working in a maintenance shaft and just slipping and falling on it, just just busting their ass wide open. Mm-hmm. That has to be that has to happen like every few weeks on a Borg cube. It just has to. And I'm just sure, thinking yeah. these stiff ass space zombies struggling to get up and you know they're like little servos whirring as it's trying like a turtle on its back to get up on a zero <laughs> friction surface. Yeah, like Wolf Three Five Nine, right? Like they they did some evasive maneuvers. You know, some Borg fell over. Yeah. You yeah. know it, and then yeah, they're sliding around. It's they're halfway through the battle. They yeah. can't get up. Yeah. See that, that they don't know that Locutus uh, after Data got through to him the first first he's going to try sleep. Uh-huh. If that didn't work, he had slip up his up his sleeve. He's just going to slip. He's going to yeah. simulate a, a signal to all Borg drones to report to the to the air shafts, and mm. then they just never recover. See, I think these are specially designed hallways. I think this is like the the olympics essentially this is a rink you know this sure. this is not just like oh it's a maintenance tunnel yeah and it's greasy or whatever and yeah. it happens to be something we can slide on no this is purpose built they got for slides zamborgies to go down and just make sure that this <laughs> surface is nice and shiny and polished yeah right. yeah mm-hmm. uh but uh you know there's also some some good stuff uh i think that one thing that I have to get used to in Star Trek is that every C- series gets to just reimagine the various, you know, demographics of the galaxy. Like, you know, uh, Klingons in the old series were dudes wearing bronzer with, like, sculpt eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And then in the motion picture, they got the turtles glued to their foreheads. And they've been that way until you got to Disco, in which I don't know what they turned into. And like now the Romulans go around with like, you know, swords as sidearms and they've lost the shoulder pads yeah. and that they've got a radical religious sect. that's the opposite of them. But I guess that's kind of cool because sometimes I feel like Star Wars is the other way where like they're kind of like sometimes maybe too rigid and and yeah. they're uh you know, like uh, the culture of an alien species is too homogenous or something. Yeah. This gives them a little bit more flavor and color, but it is yeah. jarring to see these Romulans, you know, with the, the swords and sides arms and the, the ninjas mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. But it helps that it's the Romulans because we didn't know too much about them to begin yeah. with. So like they're always mysterious. Yeah. Like when they changed the Klingons and disco, I was sort of yeah. disappointed because yeah. I, I'm so familiar with the Klingons. Right. Like, so for like, God's sake, one was on the bridge. Yeah. 20 four seven in tng so. yeah and imagine if like your only exposure to american culture was like naval officers okay you know yeah. like they're the way it's like oh the, you know the americans they just wear these dark blue suits except for some of them have these white deals and they're always on these big you know you wouldn't and then you go and you try to and see a punk or a goth right. or you know, or a cowboy and you're like what the fuck is this what is this am i so it I I kind of get it. I kind of get it. I I I like it, but there's uh I don't know what do you think. Uh I'm I'm not as excited about this episode. It's it's the thing that I liked about this episode is going back and and sort of seeing Picard's struggle with his own actions uh over the last 14 years where he tried to help these people. Right. He thought he did everything, but they view him as sort of giving up on them. Right. And 
I thought that was the most interesting nuanced thing they did. The other stuff, continuing to assemble a team four episodes into a 10 episode run of this mm. show. I don't know about that. Um, I don't I think, think they're done either. It doesn't feel like it. Like like Madox is still the the last piece of the puzzle. Maybe he's the maybe he's like the yeah he's got to be at the nest or something. I like I don't think they're gonna find him until huh shits because shit so you think real. he's like a MacGuffin or something they're yeah. actually trying to search for or he's a quest objective rather than I think a, so yeah. I mean the thing is is like yeah like what more crew do you need? You've got an emergency holograph for every conceivable function, right. including Hollow Suite designer. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but I, I know, as I said, that's the thing. It's like, I'm not crazy about some of those ideas, but like it, it's baked into the show's DNA. Like you're going mm-hmm. to get 20 different versions of Rios yeah, and it's going to be like a comedic effect. Like you're going to see a culinary emergency holograph when uh-huh. they get bored of eating the ship rations. You're going to see the janitorial emergency holograph mm-hmm. for when Rafi overdoses on snake leaf. <laughs> You're going to it's there. That's just going to be what they're doing. There might be an emergency philosophical holograph for yeah. when Rios has an existential breakdown from all of the highfalutin <laughs> philosophy he's reading in the cold darkness of space. Like, right. That is just going to be, you know, it's like uh, getting annoyed at Data's gold skin. Like if you, if you don't like it, if you think it's a bad idea, then buckle up. You've got seven seasons of it. So yeah. I'm I'm trying to, to embrace the Rios yeah, I, I don't have a huge problem with, like the the EMHs have always been uh-huh. sort of comedy relief in That's a lot of true. ways. Like you yeah. look back at Robert Picardo's uh, sure, whatever the fuck his name was, Doctor something, right? Uh, he he was comedy relief, yeah. most of the time. He was a straight man co- type of comedy relief, and, yeah. You know, get get to poke fun at the guy. He was the but, butt of the joke, sure, sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I don't have a huge problem with that. It's it's more about like. How much time are we going to spend assembling this crew, and when are we going to get down to the story? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. See what next. Actually, I know what next week brings mostly, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, but kind of like in the way that like Star uh-huh. Trek sometimes gets. Like you know, oh, yeah. yeah. I want them. I want to see them all beam down to the pimp planet uh-huh. <laughs> uh, with their with their <laughs> pink suits and their long feathers and mm-hmm. Captain Picard or Admiral Picard JL. JL with his eye patch. Yeah. JL's dressed like a leather daddy space pirate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could, I could, I can see that for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll see that next week. Uh, okay, let's talk about this week. We start off with Picard visiting the relocation hub 14 years ago, and we're introduced to a young Romulan boy as well as the Coat Milat, who are take, uh, taking in Romulan refugees. And his visit is interrupted by a call from Rafi telling him that Mars has been attacked, and he leaves to take care of businesses, but. Pr- promises that he will return and continue the mission uh you know what they say about promises those romulan co-watt me lots actually i thought some of the philosophy here was kind of cool like the prisons it's a pro it's a premise it's a prison don't yeah. make another your uh, don't make another don't be a jailer to another something like that something like that yeah uh that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. um so what is so a romulan's kind of like don't promise either do or don't you know like shit or get off the pot yeah and it kind of falls in line with their, you know, uh, over-eager honesty sort of uh, philosophy. Where do you stink? Because, like, I, I read something 10 years ago about, it's called radical transparency, which sounds a lot like this absolute candor, which is mm-hmm. uh, these people, it's, it's kind of like a transhumanist movement of, like, uh, we should tell the truth all the time, regardless of context, Um you know, like like even the kind of white lies you might tell to spare a good friend or to the, just soften the James a blow. Holden strategy. The, yeah. yeah, like what I I don't know that there's a a bad argument for that other than people don't know how to deal with hurt feelings or they mm-hmm. don't know how I I don't I don't know what the what is the the argument against absolute candor. Uh, yeah, I think it's only that one is that people would be upset by it. It's not the way we operate. It's not the way we think. It also seems like that, like, does absolute candor um, apply to, like, government level? Because it seems like a uh, a society that practices absolute candor, like in, like, a warfare or a negotiation se- session, would get fleeced mm-hmm. by, like, a Ferengi or a traditional Romulan approach to secrecy and spycraft and 
you know, you'd be easily exploitable. That's the other, yeah. you know, like everyone has to, and that, that's, that's, I guess that's a, the ultimate condemnation. If you have a philosophy where everyone has to follow it rigidly or it falls apart, probably mm -hmm. not a good philosophy. Yeah. I mean, any of those extremes are silly. Like yeah. uh, we've talked about in the past, you and I, I know um, just like extreme tolerance and mm -hmm. how that can backfire on you when you sure. run into an intolerant civilization. Or, right group of people yeah we have to tolerate these people who are rounding us up in the camps right because you know to otherwise would be to not tolerate their intolerance so yeah. and this is just yeah. a small sect obviously of romulan society yeah um i thought so there's some, at some point someone calls uh, elnor uh sister boy and i know he was kind of androgynous i'm like huh i wonder and i guess now that i think about it, i wonder if they're still going to explore like him being some kind of androgynous or non-binary character Mm. Uh, but it turns out it's just like, I guess they're, what do you call, uh, the, the sole male member of a, of a, of a sorority. Yeah. They probably don't have a good term for that. Right. This seems like a extreme situation. Yeah. They wouldn't normally take in a young boy. Yeah. If you have a, a young man with a bunch of nuns, mm -hmm. what would you call him? A nun boy? Yeah. I guess boy so. Boy nun. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause he's not a priest. I mean, I guess he would. Yeah. He just, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting, uh, interesting idea. They got the man. Star Trek loves its classic literature, doesn't it? Yeah, Three Musketeers and there's here. there's not been anything, nothing in the 20th century or the 21st nope. century. Jean Luc Star Wars. No, like He's wouldn't that be cool? It. Wouldn't that be cool if like it, like this kid grew up idolizing being a Jedi and Jedi Knights and using swords and stuff because Picard sold him on Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, there'd probably be some licensing rights to work out with that that <laughs> might be sticky. Yeah, but like, yeah, I, but I feel you. Yeah. Goddamn Walt Disney, you're right. That's the reason why Star Trek can't refer to anything yeah. in the 20th century. The copyright uh, has been extended for 300 years right. now. Night of the Living Dead is the only thing that they can get because yep. somebody, George Romero, fucked up the, the copyright <laughs> on it. Okay, we go over to present day on Rio's ship, and Gerardi's annoying him with the discussion on how boring space is. Then Rafi comes in and she's pissed that Picard's making a stop off at Vashti. Yeah, Alison Pill is just sorkening. She's going full on sorkin. Mm, and yeah. this is straight this is just her character from the newsroom uh monologuing uh mm. without without stop. Um Yeah. The I I thought it was always weird in Star Trek how Picard had a bunch of paper books. Mm-hmm. Um and that was before like the omnipresence of actual data pads and Kindles and whatnot. Um, what is the deal? Is like that, that just like is that a shorthand for this guy is cultured and deep? Yeah, I think he's he's a collector. Hmm. You know, he's he's got these are relics to him. Yeah, and and it just so happens that he can read them, but I think like they're important for their their physicality. Right to him, I think it would be cooler if they like you'd catch him doing like uh, you know uh, computer resume Alexander Dumas volume three and it would like um, uh, the book would materialize on the table mm -hmm. like you're not actually schlepping around trees and stuff are we in the 24th century I mean it seems like he is because like, yeah he puts them in bags and yeah. carries them with him and yeah. interesting wraps them up in paper yeah I think I think these are real books um, that's just Picard Picard's a guy uh, they they do a lot of um, they do a lot of world building in this scene too. They talk mm -hmm. about you know this Kira sector um, that uh, they have this 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 rangers. So I guess they're space rangers or some kind of uh, apart from Starfleet defense force, kind of like a militia force. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of in the next half of the scene when ah, sorry. when she goes to confront him. Um, but there is some stuff in here that they do with like. Rios, he's only got Klingon opera on board. That's it. He's cultured and deep, <laughs> right? I mean, they really want us to know this guy. This guy is hot. It's this, on vinyl. This guy's got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just got a collection of forty fives over yeah, in the corner, and, and he only plays it through a uh, you know like an amplifier that, that uses vacuum tubes right. because you can't get that rich, warm sound through a, a holograph. Hell no. But he's he's deep. He's cultured. He's got an edge. Mm -hmm. He is fucking pulls metal out of his he shoulder and drops, bleeds in his shirts he drops the f-bomb that drops f-bomb and he has an army of clones on his ship that drive him crazy but he likes it this way because they're programs that he himself set up yeah yeah <laughs> he they annoy him in the right way I'd... he's complicated yeah yeah 
Um, I guess I shouldn't have researched what that book was about because they just come out and say it here mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, so shame on me, I suppose. And then, yeah, we get to the second half where Picard's on the holodeck and he's got a, an image of his chateau. Uh, and Picard's explaining that he's stopping at Vashti to hopefully pick up a Romulan warrior nun, which is strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rios warns that the sector is very dangerous with an old warbird stalking around. And Rafi tries to persuade JL to stick to the plan, but he knows that this might be the last time he's out this way and he doesn't want to miss his opportunity to see his old friends yeah. one last time. I don't understand why he doesn't. So is he actually here for a mission, which is like, I'm an old man and I, I can't do action scenes anymore. I can't even do the, the patented Kirk double hammer. I need I need some. Why doesn't he just say that instead of being like, hey, I just want to stop by for old time's sake? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both is the thing. Like he wants to see these people, but also, yes, he very much needs a warrior in his party. Uh, I... I don't know. There is a lot of stuff here going on. And so mm-hmm. I sort of got lost in it. Like you talked about the Fenris Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is where I first heard the term co-op me lot. If mm-hmm. I must have missed it in the first few scenes. I think that he said something I owe, like they owe a, a debt to them for helping them relocate onto the yeah. Romulan uh, you know, reclamation planet or whatever they're calling it. And then the, this is where they explain the you know way of absolute candor. Um, yeah, it seems like he's sort of doing a nostalgia tour at the same time that he's picking up uh, party members. I'm saying this like you got a ship full of people who are skeptical of your motives. Like mm-hmm. if you have a motive, I, and that's what I'm saying. Like in Picard's mind, did he go down there just to kind of see and make amends, and then like, oh wow, they've got this like fucking badass warrior, and but he he wanted nah, that. Yeah, he does. So I don't know why. And none of them seem like they're like the warrior type. Like even like even mm-hmm. Rios doesn't. Um, so like what now he's why, too why? aware of his own death yeah to, exactly to be a warrior type <laughs> he's he's paralyzed but it's existential crisis yeah I don't know I'd like to find more about these rangers I wonder if we're going to run into them this this <laughs> year Um, I was actually excited to see this antique bird of prey but it seems like they dusted it off by the end of the episode yeah and it's antique this is like Star Trek the right. old series bird mm. of prey yeah I was expecting a, a little more curve to that bird of prey it's but an old it's saucer angular as fuck it's old saucer it's just a saucer with two wings on it man mm-hmm. uh, and I thought I thought it was pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. not sure why Rios's ship can't outrun this old hunk of junk, but I don't know. Although I guess it's like a big, Rios powerful is, ship. Rios, yeah, Rios is kind of like still just a personal craft where that's, you mm. know, maybe it's a hundred years old, but it was a fucking capital ship of its day. Like yeah. it's got fully operational sublight drives and whatnot. It just seemed like that ship was Rios' ship was so much faster than it. You know, it's so much more maneuverable, certainly. But maybe he's talking about like a warp drive, like you yeah. know, I can't outrun it from that uh, standpoint. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Do you think that this um, this holographic recreation of the uh, the winery, the the Chateau Picard, is going to be the new ready room? Like anytime they need to discuss huh. stuff or get philosophical, they call. Maybe. I don't know. I got to see more of Rio's ship. I got to mm-hmm. see what other compartments he's got. I'm because it looks like it's just one big bridge slash engine bay. Yes. There's a holodeck somewhere. There has to be quarters, there right? Has to you be. don't take five people on a ship with no quarters. What if you have like a, 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 a 15 by 15 holodeck and everyone's quarters are just in there? Like you, you don't know that <laughs> you're walls? only you don't know that you're only 18 inches from everybody else because it looks like it's a full room for you and they got tractor beams oh, moving boy. you around and yeah. yeah, you just can as long as everyone's got a room to stand and turn. I mean, I guess that would work. You can beam people in and out if they like start to walk mm-hmm. through each other. Yeah, why not? That would that's, work. That's the ultimate in hot bunking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about this new crew, as compared to to the beloved crews of the past. There's a lot of conflict here. And I'm very used to like the crews of the Enterprise and the ships they're on being very much in lockstep with their Mm -hmm. their views on things. Here it's not that at all. It's a lot of early, kind of early season uh, or early series Voyager because you had like okay Federation terrorists and Mm -hmm. Vulcans and like edgy Klingons and all these people like all uh, uh, washed out Federation officers all like jammed in on the same bridge crew and yeah. there was a lot of uh weird stuff there but it i guess it's that's the closest thing i can think of because yeah there's not Voyager. even really a, there's not even really a command structure in place like there's already no. this kind of does rios resent picard's 
like temerity of just ordering or so. does it feel like he's home now that he's like oh i was always meant to be a, like is he a riker type like i'm always i was i was meant to be this man's first officer hmm. i don't know I, I didn't get any like annoyance or anger from rios when he steps in and tries to make it so it's a little i thought there's a little i mean there wasn't not annoyance it's more of just kind of like well i mean what do you do you got admiral picard on the bridge and yeah he's going to start barking orders you know? I, I read it more as confusion than annoyance it was just like oh oh right there are two like i respect this guy very much but i'm the captain of this ship but he's used to being a captain like it, it's just very confusing mm-hmm I do think they need to decide pretty soon, Dr. Gerardi, if she's going to be like that full, because people treat her like she's just almost a ghost. Like there's having yeah. conversations past her and she's just like, what, 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 what? And like, you know, <laughs> someone read her in. Okay. Yeah. And maybe she needs, they, they need to get, they need to get some kind of synth danger so she can, her expertise can come into play. Right. Because so far you got Raffi, yeah. she's like the spy master. Rios is the captain. Picard is Picard. You got the action ninja Romulan nun mm-hmm. boy, and then she's just there. She she needs a competence. She needs to show her competence so the the, the, the kind of merge her in with the the crew. I think. Yeah, I'm with you, but she's also the audience proxy in a That's way. That's true. And how would we ex- exposition dump? Uh, yeah. if we didn't have her yeah. being somewhat ignorant of the situation. I think they could use Picard because like Picard was completely ignorant. Um, that's another thing I'm kind of yeah. amazed at uh, just how complete Picard's abdication of his duties were. Like yeah. he, he leaves uh, this, this nun Zanny on the surface of this, uh, this world Vashti uh, and pledges, Hey, you know, the synth attack, no big deal. I'm not going to let this thing fail. And I think he never comes back. Mm-hmm. Like that is the that's the kind that's the kind of tail tuck between your legs and running that is jarring to me when it comes to Picard. And I, and I, I've read a lot of people saying well, you gotta understand this is a broken man. This is a man who you know mm-hmm. got assimilated by the Borg, uh, got his sanity back by um, you know bonding with his family. Then his family all got burned to death in a structure fire on Earth. Then yeah. his, you know, uh, like uh, Data is like kind of a surrogate son to him and he got died. And so he, he's really conflicted and he's got all these. But still, I, I hope that they get around in this series to telling the story of like Picard's kind of like coming to grips with like what a kind of Atlas shrug situation we got here mm-hmm. uh, where he just completely not not i mean it's like he only he took no interest in this at all he had no idea what the the uh, galactic politics was of this area he had no idea how like uh you know criminal and desperate the situation had gotten yeah uh it's kind of amazing so we got to the artifact and we see an old recording of ramda explaining what ganbadan is which is day of annihilation she mentions the destroyer and soji's ears perk up there's there's a lot of lore there's a lot of shit that they're dropping on us this episode just a ton of it uh almost to the point where it was a little much for me and if i weren't doing a podcast about this i would have come out of this remembering none of it because mm-hmm. it was so much uh it seems like the stuff they want you to remember is this destroyer this uh yeah. you know like there's some kind of romulan armageddon that's ganmadan yeah, and we haven't even gotten to the other half of the Romulan stuff, the Kalan Konkai or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the word with too many Ks mm-hmm. sounds in it. Uh, yeah, there's just a ton. Uh, I really like this is starting to become maybe like the new bullet time, but that uh, like Blade Runner hollow effect where one person's hollow face is overlaid on another. They kind of draw. They did that yeah. uh, th- this last season in, in Watchmen uh, where they had... Uh, Angela, you know, uh, looking at a holograph of her father, and as it spun around, like their faces overlaid, mm-hmm. and now you see this. Oh, right, the tree. Yeah, uh, the yeah. tree, tree, the acorn of ancestry. Yeah. Ancestry, that's what it was. Ancestry. Uh, I think that was that was pretty cool, mm-hmm. and you know, you're. I think what I got from this is when they talk about all the shackled demons freed. I think they're talking about these re- unreclaimed Borg drones and answer hmm. the call of the destroyer like that's that's my theory right now is that 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 uh what they're concerned about is uh sophie uh just like lore and data at once upon a time led this cadre of unaffiliated borg freed borg drones as an army that that could be you know uh, uh 
you, you take the Borg and you you have this this large army, this powerful vessel, and it's under control of these synths. Like, what what can they do? Like, we saw what they could do on Mars to a very powerful um, force, the Federation, the Starfleet. Um, what could they do with the Borg cube? And all these drones at their disposal. I think yeah. that's what they're going because otherwise, shackled demons. What? What? I mean, what yeah, the... there's a, kind of a lesser fulfillment in the the synthetics breaking free of their chains. Mm, I uh, guess attacking that's true. Mars, maybe yeah. unless that's a Romulan thing. I I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the the thing you talked about sounds a lot more interesting than, and it, it you know that didn't end all life everywhere. Right. So. I think there's a greater fulfillment here coming. Yeah, yeah. greater and lesser fulfillments. Got to love yeah. that with prophecies. Uh huh. Uh, all right, we are back on Rio ship, which is called the Siren, La Serena. Um, they arrive at Vashti and examine the defenses. They don't have clearance, and they mention, uh, even the mention of Picard's name is not getting them through their defense system. Uh, Rio suggests a gift of cash, which apparently works. Yeah. Which they, I think Picard does, and it works, and he beams down. His bribe people. Um, well, yeah, what you're cash? right. Huh? What cash does Picard carry? I don't know. Like that's the thing that uh, gold this... press latinum. Does he have just cases that he carries around with him, like books? I oh, he gave him three musketeers. He gave him a copy <laughs> of three musketeers. <laughs> yeah, the first edition uh -huh. uh, Dumas. I I don't know, man, because like one of the I I do, I do this political podcast on the Swizzbold Network, and what I I had this whole theme of like you know trying to go to a Star Trek age, uh, where like you like what we're trying to aim for in humanity should be a Star Trek style utopia, mm -hmm. post scarcity, post currency, post class, and Star Trek Picard is doing its damnedest to not only find all the 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 problems of that which is the fact that the picards have this massive chateau on earth mm -hmm. which seem and, and and there's this family of wealth and pr privilege and prestige but they're also introducing a whole bunch of new stuff like yeah and and i get it like you know you're always going to have like the romulans maybe they don't roll that way maybe they still and you you've got these um you know, these backwater towns, kind of like when the jedi go out to tatooine and the republic credits are no good here mm -hmm. But it doesn't seem like it is ever a problem. Like, yeah. what would Rios have in a post-currency society? You know, like, what did it mean when Raffi said that she was living in a hovel? Mm -hmm. You know, she she lived in she lives in a, a Aerostream trailer and wants for nothing in a national like what looks like a national monument park. Oh. Like, is that poverty in the Federation? She claims it is. And then you look at this planet, which is supposed to be like this wretched you know planet desperation and i i don't think they told that story very well nothing like there wasn't like they, they talk about how much crime there is but like it didn't seem like there's crime there's romulans walking around with like i guess romulan nazi bands on it but like nothing mm. seemed particularly dangerous there was like you know this this anti-human chauvinism but that seems entirely understandable given the circumstances yeah so like, how often do humans come out there anyway like yeah well i mean they talk about like the, the, Romulans, the, right? the nuns when picard's talking to them talk about how they've been helping both terrans and romulans so i guess they're sharing this planet like was this a tear? Was this? Oh, a okay. Yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, is are they like a small refugee population that gets shafted? But again, what what is the what is the desperation? Where is the where is the dirty the disease the the people living quiet lives of desperation? I don't know. I mean, it just looked like an upgraded version of every less civilized planet, um, less developed yeah. planet you see in TNG. Uh -huh. Right. It wasn't made out of cardboard and spray foam. Right. So yeah. It. But but it had that same vibe to but it. People weren't wearing like threadbare clothes, and no one looked like they Not were so malnourished. Much, yeah. mm -hmm. um, the senator looks like he eats fifteen thousand calories a day because he's got the yeah. bulk of three men. He's like... lost two hundred pounds in yeah. the last fourteen years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he used to like do Romulan sumo, right? Which is a thing. Totally <laughs> is a thing. Absolutely, it's called Kokaye Kiea. <laughs> yeah, and, you're right. Yeah, sounds Hawaiian. It's weird, but you know. <laughs> Uh, where was I? Yeah, so he beams down. He's not received with much hospitality. Uh, however, it's a different story when he goes to see his old friends. They welcome him in, and he asks for R R Ronnie, R Rami. Oh, Elnor? Who, who are you talking about? No, oh, Zani is Zani, the head yeah. nun. Asks for her help, and Elnor shows up. I'm. I appreciate that Star Trek named one of their elves Elrond. <laughs> that's that's a nice touch to me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of the of the elder race of uh, Romulans, sure. right? And they even had the pointy ears. They they have the ears, the eyebrows, you they got it all. Space Legolas, right here. Yeah, 
it's and then it's the thing is ridiculous. they 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 raise the issue of what is he going to do when it comes to ranged combat mm-hmm. because a guy at the end's like yo i like to see your sword stop this disruptor are they going to give him a space bow and arrow <laughs> oh no i hope not i mean because it is a problem in a it world is, yeah. of phasers where those are a thing mm-hmm. uh and you can just kind of hose a whole room down with stun fire uh what what are you going right. to do about that yeah how, how many blaster uh bolts can he block with that sword i mean this isn't star wars right where like I, you got the jedi who fight with the lightsabers that's what i'm but saying they star wars you, they got these warrior monks that do melee but they also have magic yeah. powers so they can choke you across a distance they can run mm-hmm. super fast they can jump super high and all oh, oh, by the way they can block up to at at walker fire with their laser sword so yeah. what is this guy going to have it's like he's got a lot of spin moves that's true. That's true. But I don't know if that spin move is going to set the tra- t- transporters are what saved the day. And this is uh, oh, he's episode. got a personal transporter that he just closes the distance. Uh, oh, that would actually be fucking cool. Why wouldn't like a you point do that? to point transporter where yeah. he can just like you, it's like visual- two uses per battery. Yeah, life. It's yeah. like oh, and then you got like the Spider Man thing where it's like Spider Man can swing from webs, but he runs out of web fluid. Like, you know, yeah. you can, like, he's got a magic power, but it's got a limit that you can right. understand and do it. Things are getting desperate. There you go. I wonder I if they thought it. of those things. Probably not. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to the artifact uh, where Soji's watching over a sedated Ramda. She tells Narek that she felt seen by Ramda, and he says, oh, I see you too. Then they go to a bar where Soji expresses her mistrust of him, and he decides, I'm going to prove myself by taking her to participate in a board ritual, which involves sliding down a hall in socks. We kind of <sighs> talked about this. It is truly ridiculous. Yeah, it's really bad. And I'm like, the thing is, they're on a board cube, and they also have the disadvantage in that in their plot, she's been there for years, so it's not like he can take her to some kind of vast Borg cavernous chamber or take her to the edge of the force field and, like, look at the black... He, there's there's very little... There's very few opportunities for a romantic encounter on the Borg ship. Mm-hmm. Even still... Maybe keep working. <laughs> maybe keep, yeah. maybe just have an insert romantic scene here and, you know, go on, write mm-hmm. the rest of the episode. You you got a w- couple weeks where they start shooting. Come up with, like, is there, like, something... I, I don't know, but I don't know what you do because the Borg ships know. are famously not a romantic location. Right. You can get in, into one of their recharging chambers. Sure. Shut a, shut a door or something around sure. that. I don't know. Maybe he could like. I, I'm trying to think. Of, like, cause she's a scientist and she's uh, like, insatiably curious. Like, maybe he has the key to like the Borg like uh, species archive, or she could find out a whole bunch of knowledge that no one else knows. I, I, I don't know, but like this, this ain't it. I just, I just know yeah. what it's not, and it's not, it's not sliding down a no. Borg air shaft in your socks and then making out uh, with it. There is some stuff I like in this scene mm-hmm. when she talks about feeling like she was seen. And, you know, he sees her too, but that's in totally different ways, right? And, or yeah. kind of in the same way, but with different purposes. And, and you can feel the tension between, you know, his sister Rizzo or whatever the hell yep. her name, like putting pressure to like go fast, go yes. fast. And her being a smart person of her own agency, like, the fuck, dude? How do you know so much about me? This is coming off as like kind of like, are, are you a, a vampire from Seattle? Like, why are you so up in my personal business? Why are you taking yeah. such an interest in me? And the way he pivoted that to like, I'm the same as you. I'm just feeding an insatiable curiosity. Mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, and the fact that she's got, he's got things he's hiding from her, but she's got things that are mysterious or he's, she's hiding for him. Yeah. That she maybe that she doesn't know about, but she's yeah. like on the edge. Right. And that's where I feel the tension. That's why I guess the scene toward the end with Rizzo and Narek almost worked for me yeah even though it's not good There's some problems there too yeah it's a very weak scene but it ties into this scene interestingly yes. because she's got this subconscious line where if they cross it she's gonna activate and we've seen what that looks like with right. dodge right yeah and that is the thing that they need to prevent and that's the thing where if they push her too fast they say what, that'll happen what are they trying to do get her to realize that she's a robot and that she's there against her will and turn her I, I before think so. she activates and then if she activates and it's it's a big yeah problem. like earn her trust and then when she and then push her slowly into activation because like he's planting seeds of that. like because i don't think like you said i don't think she's aware like she's got right. memories of coming over here in this transport mm-hmm. yet she wasn't uh, like i i do have a lot of like who put her there yeah like what is the who uh, it's got to be and the this, romulan's one of those too 
it's got to be this this nest of synth. It's, it's got to be some kind yeah. of like uh, what was that game we played? Detroit Become Human, where you had oh, this yeah. like underground collection of like illegal synths. Uh huh. Living like, on a big boat. Yeah, sure. they're 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 they've got to have something like that where they have put a deep sleeper agent in this place to. I don't know. Maybe they are planning on using the Borg as their personal army. Uh, that would be cool. There's a lot of exciting possibilities. I just yeah. uh, and I like what they're doing. It's just like, man, they should really cool like the the Borg skating rink and the sister who's trying her best to be a fucking Lannister. Yeah. Pair some of that shit down because yeah, the the emotional conflict here and the um the the, the stakes and the objectives we're trying to do, I think, are kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so word of Picard's presence is spreading on Vashti, and Rafi's getting worried. Uh. Apparently, Car Cantar is headed their way. They they spot him in the Warbird, but Picard won't leave. Instead, that's a, that's a space pirate that the, the, we don't really know anything about. Just that he's got an old bird yeah. of prey. Yeah, yeah, it's the the guy from the Star Wars universe who's come over. <laughs> Car Cantar. Yeah, uh, yeah. Instead, he speaks with Zani about poor conditions on Vashti, and she says that Elnor has no home, and suggests that Picard take him along on the mission. And this is where we learn about the Colin Kakai. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a bound blade in the service of a lost cause, I guess. Yeah, which I thought they had explained to us pretty well. Mm-hmm. But then later on, they explain it again, mm-hmm. I guess, for the benefit of the crew. I think the lost cause is what we didn't. We didn't know what the criteria okay. for the mission is. And then that's like a nice little sick kind of ominous, like, oh, we're on a suicide mission. That's why they joined which us. I start to think then about, okay, what does an order of warrior nuns that only accepts the most hopeless of missions look like 200 years after it's developed. It's probably gone, right? Like hmm. if if they're only sending out their warriors to go on missions that are or it's against like, all odds. Because like the Faceless Men in Game of Thrones is kind of like that, where like, but they extract a huge price. And if like you're poor, they might take your firstborn life or they might take him into their service or if you're rich it just might just be like a, a, a extremely expensive fee but that is my, yeah like what if, if you're just doing this out of kindness of your heart maybe they're that badass that they actually having uh, a Kalen Kakai Kalen Kaki mm-hmm. Colin Kaki having a Colin Kaki member Colin on Kaki. your on your side is something that's powerful enough to swing a cause I don't know how, and or maybe small but, scale shit too. Like it's they don't ever get involved in like galactic issues. It's more of like, hey, this guy stole bread from me. I need someone to go yeah. get it back so I can feed my family. Okay, well, yeah, having a like a peerless blade on your side might then help. They in that. they better have those personal teleporters because otherwise the odds are not in their favor. Yeah, but also I so I, I I felt like they didn't do a very good job of selling the poverty of this planet, um, even though they're talking about it. But then also Picard allowing the perfect to become the enemy of the good. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a lesson on like seven different Next Generation episodes, like how that can go awry. And it's just so weird to hear this old Picard say like, "Ah, oh, okay. I, I did, I couldn't see it." The fact that I thought you meant on the actual episodes themselves. <laughs> What? Like the writing of the episodes. Oh no! You're, no. Talk, you're talking about the lessons he's learned yeah, no, over the like course. Of... That, I think that was like the moral okay. lesson of like seven different episodes gotcha. in the Next Generation, and yet Picard's like, "Yeah, you're right. I if I couldn't save everybody, then I'd not try to save anyone." That's yeah. just that's just really that that it's a it's a it's a it's a nihilist and and a hubris streak that I I didn't see coming from him. And mm-hmm. like again, I'm I'm keep waiting for him to pay some kind of price for it. Yeah, we'll see. So got six more episodes, I think. Uh, so we, Picard then tells Elrond the story about his mission. Uh, because Picard abandoned him years ago, Elnor refuses to go with him. Yeah, it's funny because uh, my wife, Cecily, wanted us to... She suggested we call the spot watch um, uh, because she's really enamored with Data's cat spot. Oh, okay. And I said, there's no fucking When's way that up? cat is ever going to come up on the show we would have been we have fulfilled the, the 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 name of the podcast if we because episode four first spot reference yep it's true uh and i, I think cats it's it's like i i kind of want to see a 24 year old spot cat like you can get a cat mm, living that long yeah yeah especially with 24th old... century veterinarian technology that's true come on yeah cats are living longer longer every day you get you get the uh, dna sequencing and holotherapy yeah, yeah, we we could see a we could see a holographic spot on the holodeck. Ooh, that'd be cool. Could also, yeah. yeah, see that. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see data spot. 
All right, then we're waiting for uh, a window to beam back up and Picard strolling the town. And he causes a scene by entering a Romulan's only restaurant. And a former Romulan senator is holding Picard's promise to help him, uh, help them against him for giving up. Picard is given a sword. He refuses to fight. So Elnor steps in and cuts the head off the senator. And they're beamed down in the nick of time. Um, and then Picard, when they're back on the ship, says, hey, don't, don't fight anymore don't, <laughs> don't do the kill... thing i brought you here to yeah, do don't, anymore don't unless people. i tell you to yeah yeah i i love picard striking the on guard pose from like that robin hood episode of tng like he's like you know gonna fight this old school fight he and he does a pretty credible parry of this guy because this guy hmm. this guy stands up i, I call him a note senator camacho because uh-huh. this guy is just built like a brick shit house and i when yeah. as i was watching this the first time i'm like there's going to be a fight scene because there's no way you cast this muscular stunt man in this role as this Romulan senator unless he's going to have to fuck some shit up by the end of it. Uh, and of course, that's exactly what happens. What's Picard doing here? Is he suicidal? Is he like, well, I'm Picard and maybe I couldn't get this uh, this sister the sister done on my side, this this sister boy on my side, but like I'll get one of these Romulan toughs with the sword and they'll be just as good. Or was he doing this because he thought that the Elnor would follow him and he would have so much reserve esteem for this man who abandoned him 14 years ago that he would stick up for him? Like what was the actual plan? Because I know what happened because the writers wrote it that way. I I don't know that he had a plan. I think he was sulking. I think like he realized he had fucked up both yeah. personally with Elrond yeah. and also uh, you know on the the Romulan uh rescue operation scale yeah. on a galactic scale. So like I think what he's doing here is touring this town going these are the mistakes I've made. Mm-hmm. And when he sees this Romulan's only sign, you know, his arrogance, his his sense of what's right kicks in and he's compelled to go in there and you know try and set at least one situation right hmm. doesn't work out for him it's yeah a, it's only the the sheer coincidence or not the coincidence but the luck uh that elrond shows back up yeah i mean because the thing is is this uh, this romulan senator has him dead to rights like you oh yeah. know we and we can see it like when he was talking about like i you can see Picard giving that speech and like mm-hmm. getting like moving everyone to tears because of the Federation's uh, plans for assistance and help. And then they just abandon. And also like how these Romulans have turned it in their heads is like, you know what? This was a plot by the Federation. If we thought we were going to be on our own, we yeah. have our Romulan pride and ingenuity and resourcefulness. But you gave us the easy out and we thought we trusted you. And like and in a moment of weakness. Yeah. And, and then you scattered us to the wind. It's an easy and conspiracy up theory. Our to... entire species. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually a pretty nuanced, interesting take on the whole thing. But it's funny because like I associate like this scene to me was like, um, you know, Samuel L. Jackson in Unbreakable when he's at his low point and he's in that comic book store and he's just being an asshole. He doesn't care if he gets arrested. He doesn't care if he gets Mm -hmm. hurt because he just doesn't care anymore. And it's weird that Picard's got a whole crew up there that he knows has a bird of prey bearing down on them Uh and all these things. He's just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to maybe get my ass kicked. I might get killed. I, 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 that's again, he's got seven minutes. He's got to kill here. I guess. Yeah. So, you know, why not start a, a potential scuffle? Right. Get, get a, get a civil war going. It was a yeah. sick action scene though. Yeah. I was actually impressed with the, the moves, the neck and the neck the slice was got. wild. Mm-hmm. The whole like, you know, Hey, choose life. Like to, to be that badass to know, you know, like, Hey, is this guy, if you, if you challenge, uh, you know, what is it? The, the Colin khakis, because if you charge a call, if, if you challenge a Colin khaki, you're going to die. Yeah. Like it just, that's the way it, it goes. Mm-hmm. Unless he's got a disruptor pistol, which I still would like to know. I would too. He's got to have, he's, I, I bet if he did, wasn't beamed out, he would have blocked it or something. We're going to see this guy reflect a disruptor yeah. with that blade. This could be a teaser. Yeah. Uh, okay, then Rizzo wakes up uh, Narek and puts more pressure on him to make faster progress on Soji. She reminds him that Soji has a plan and that she's the destroyer, and she says he has one more week until she resorts to torturing the info out of her. 
Uh, this is the clumsiest throat choke I've ever seen. <laughs> like, there's two points during the process where she actually loses the grip. Oh, no. And she, he's not even being choked, and he's still... <sighs> because, you know, huh. it's it's just an awkward thing that they're trying to do. Um, and, I, 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 choking someone and asking them questions, asking them to answer questions is always ridiculous in my mind. Yeah, and it's, you don't need the physical threat. The, he's This yeah. guy's, like, committed to the mission. Like, I it just, I don't know, it makes her look... They want me to think that she's Queen Cersei, that she's literally just kind of mad with power and she's bad at her job and all she knows how to do is threaten and intimidate. That's like literally she's just one dimensional because that's the that's the the thing I'm getting from her character. And yeah, I don't think it's scary. I don't think it's uh, it's it's I, I, I don't know. Like I that's what I don't understand, because like this Narek guy is got some depth and it's they established that he's been studying like cybernetic life his entire life yeah so like this is his first chance to get but like it seems like he's he's doing it in a capacity of this um extremist romulan faction that hates cyborgs Mm -hmm. but his first chance to get one and he's like falling in love with it it's it's weird maybe that's why she doesn't like him and distrusts him maybe i i was not reading that deep into this scene and Mm. i think it's just like this scene is a symptom of the type of story they're trying to tell here they're telling a story where nothing is happening they're making no progress on their mission right Right. that's inherently a difficult story to tell compellingly yeah because you're you're supposed to be impatient in these scenes you're supposed to go get to the fucking point with this stuff right I don't know. I, I maybe you shouldn't tell those kinds of stories because man, they're boring. Well, the other thing is they're handicapped because they wanted to have um, Dodge be revealed and killed in the first episode, which gives you mm. some stakes. But it also completely kneecaps uh, Rizzo. Is it Rizzo? Mm-hmm. Because she's coming like like if this was a threat, like okay, look you know we're trying it your way because it's the quiet stealthy way but like i've always got my team of romulan badasses i can come in here but she's already taken that shot she's already shot her shot and completely a few times yeah completely uh, fallen on her face with it Mm -hmm. so it's like every time she threatens like oh it's your way or my way well your way's already failed yeah and and like they also haven't established like this the ticking time bomb like why is it a week what Mm -hmm. happens in a week is it just like you know she's this this post this this person has been in this installation is that the other thing is we're supposed to understand that she's actually gotten here recently? I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you when she got here. They'd mention a ship that she came on and she wasn't on the manifest, but But that was like years when ago. Was that? So like I, I feel like she's been here for years, so like why is it just now? Like I and, and you know, it's it's fine for the show to play some cards close to its vest, but mm-hmm. a lot of me being invested in like, well, of course they have to do it this way because I have to understand the stakes. I have to, and I think I do that. I think the stakes are if these synths wake up um, and they decide that all biological life is inimical to them, then they're going to kill everybody in the galaxy. Right. But like, why? What? What? What's the urgency? You know, why is everything happening now? And mm-hmm. I still don't understand that. I'm also not sure how they could kill everybody in in the universe. If they hijacked a Borg to do so, like the Borg's almost done it several times. If but. they could, yeah. This, uh, you know, the Borg step up is get the uh, Admiral Janeway out of retirement. She knows how to. Yeah. She she can fight four or five Borg cubes at a time. Right. With a Federation scout ship. What the? F- <laughs> yeah. Give her a couple of those dreadnoughts. Heavily modified happens. Federation scout ship. <laughs> sure. Thank you very much. That, uh, that she she can do more with a variable warp field geometry starship than anybody can. Let me tell you. All right, so Picard and crew are pursued by the Warbird. Another ship shows up to help, and the other ship is destroyed. They do manage to destroy that Warbird as well, though. Um, and or at least handy, like it's like out of commission. Yeah, they cut off one of its nacelles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it can still fire, though. Yeah. I'm not sure why they're not more worried about that in the moment. Right, yeah. It, maybe some more evasive maneuvers are called for, but they beam the pilot of the destroyed ship aboard, and oh boy, it's seven of nine. How yeah, I would love to know how she got here. I I guess they they established that Picard like what maybe she's a ranger. She's one of them Fenris Fenris Rangers. Okay. I don't know. that's all you just that's all you need to say. She needs to have a cool ranger patch on her shoulder and I'm 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 in. Yeah, and if weird Borg shit is going down, yeah, I think she would have a vest. She'd have some interest in that, yeah. Especially if that vest has a Fenris Rangers patch on it. (laughs) I'm 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 in. And if it's skin tight. (laughs) 
<laughs> this one's 51 years old, BT Dubs. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Jerry Ryan still still got that uh, all seven of nines firing. Yeah. It's uh, really, it's all about the prosthetics. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what gives you that seven of nine quality. Prosthetics mm-hmm. and the lipstick. Nanites don't crack. Yeah. Because they're constantly repairing your, your body at the cellular level. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh so what do you think about the emergency gunnery hologram that shows up in the middle of a crisis drunk and speaking a language that presumably... Well, here's the other thing. Uh, Are universal translators not a thing? Like, what does it maybe mean? Maybe not on this ship. Maybe not. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. They on get... a Galaxy class or Excelsior class cruiser or whatever the hell, sure. But Yeah, but this guy comes... Uh, he, he comes... Uh, he's, he's drunk and he's, and he's speaking Spanish mm-hmm. and he's insolent. Mm-hmm. and not following orders again because this is the way the guy wants it i yeah. think yeah he wants a surly uh sort of rebellious uh, security officer what, what i what i hope they're doing is you're gonna you're gonna there's gonna be an emotional episode late in the season where you find out whatever disaster that this guy was involved of of this ex, uh, being an exo of a dreadnought like you're gonna understand that these are all like versions of the crew that he lost and they Who all the have fuck was the drunk uh, helmsman I, I yeah or, or gunner like all these guys are going to be part yeah. of the starship and that it, this is kind of like his now it doesn't make sense i don't that, think you can be that drunk on the bridge of a starfleet vessel well maybe that's why the federate the starfleet wrote him out of their archives also like, aren't they drinking synthahol you don't get drunk from that anyway are you or are you you can but then it's immediately be dis- i think the effects are immediately dismissible yeah by conscious effort yeah Just, that doesn't lie up but it would be cool yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah maybe he's on some like i mean he wasn't starfleet right they've established that so yeah he's just disgraced somehow um yeah maybe that's then... him maybe that was him it's oh. the old version of him a, just a drunken sloppy he was a set he was the first officer though so like yeah maybe that was before his promotion <laughs> yeah i don't know there maybe it's this uh the starfleet special forces because those guys are always famously lacking discipline i did like to see the old school star trek bob and weave you know the inertial I'm, dampeners on this ship are weak that they always are i <laughs> uh, just like i like love and patrick stewart's like man it's been he probably thought he was uh, th- these days were all over until he got the phone call now he's he's doing the you know, Hell we should yeah. do some of that on our on our little bridge, our, our oh, bridge yeah. set. You know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there's a warbird behind us somewhere, <laughs> chasing yeah. us down. Oh yeah, we need to be. Yeah, it's, uh, if we get into season two, mm-hmm. I need to be able to take this thing in a red alert. Mm-hmm. I need uh, to. I need to be able to uh, do Picard maneuvers and take evasive action. Yep. I need to fire Riker pattern Alpha three, full fro- photon torpedo spread. Absolutely. Yeah, we get. We get. We got to get that season two. We're gonna get a bigger budget. We're gonna have even more emergency medical pod or emergency podcast host holograms. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. All right. Seven of nine. Yeah, that's it. We gotta wait till next episode to see what's gonna go down with that. Do you think that uh, Jerry Ryan's gonna be the rest of? Is she gonna be a, a member of the crew, or is she I, gonna be probably? Like she's got nowhere to go at the moment. If she, if they establish her as part of this Finnish Ranger outfit, then it does give her an excuse to like you know get back to that because you've got yeah. this portion of the galaxy to secure or whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, it seems like there, she's going to be at least through the next episode. Mm-hmm. So that'll be cool. Okay, you ready to do some feedback? Yeah. If you'd like to send us feedback, you can do so. Our hailing frequencies are open at Picard at BaldMove.com. First up, Micah and several others. Uh, says, I'm probably not the first to mention it. You were, Micah. You were the first one. Hmm. But there's a brief reference to the jail nickname at the beginning of the three-part Picard prequel comic series, which takes place in an undefined but presumably short time before the Mars attack. Uh, Picard is still in Starfleet and in command of a ship called the Verity. Raffi is his first officer, and the first time we see her, we get the following exchange. She's the... She's a lieutenant commander... Hmm. But the first, first officer, officer to an admiral? Did the commander get killed? <laughs> I don't know. You have to read the comic book, damn it. Yeah. Um, and it's essentially just a brief exchange where she comes in and calls him J- JL, and he observes, you're never going to call me admiral again, are you? And she says, uh, formality is the enemy of efficiency. Also, I know you enjoy it. And he says, debatable, and that's that's it. So uh, 14 years of this um, familiarity. Well, I guess it hasn't been 14 years because they also established that they don't they haven't spoken since he gets uh, he he drums himself right. out of Starfleet. 
Yeah. So, uh, and Micah says the nickname uh, issue isn't touched further uh, upon, but the fact that she's been calling him that for 15 plus years explains why he doesn't bristle. Uh, the comics also explain how the two Romulans who live in the vineyard first meet Picard. He and Rafi go to a small Romulan planet to evacuate what they think are 10,000 Romulans. When they go there, they find that there's also around 5 million non-Romulan natives who the Romulans use as slaves and are content to have dying supernova. Those damn Romulans. Hmm. After, I mean, the Federation could feel superior to them, except for they let they abandoned them to die after their ships got broke by a bunch of robots. So right. let's not get too high on our Starfleet horse here. After Picard balks at just evacuating the Romulans, they imprison him and temporarily commandeer his ship. The two Romulans from Picard, who are both Tal Shiar and who are in shaky ground with the agency because they fell in love, hmm. end up rescuing Picard and Rafi and siding with him over to Tal Shiar and the other Romulans. They aren't safe in Romulan territory as a result, and Picard offers them sanctuary at his place on Earth. Um, hmm. I don't know. Like, what do you? Uh, I, I guess I none of this. Hmm. I, I I'm kind of dim on the idea of relying on out of canon information to like inform my views. Like, it's fine to, to be supplement, but like the jail thing, I think is like. Uh, Seems like it's a big core character issue. It's something that doesn't jive with my understanding of Picard. And it's weird to have to reference a comic that doesn't really explain it. They just lampshade it. Mm -hmm. Like, why couldn't they do that in the actual episode? Yeah, I appreciate you writing in with this information, but Mm -hmm. don't expect me to read a comic book to understand what the show is trying to tell me. Yeah, I just need a Picard to be like, do you have to call me that? Like, just just register that the old Picard would have been annoyed at that, and maybe he's loosened up or whatever. But, like, yeah, like, this scene should have been in the series if if they wanted me to kind of roll with it, I think. Um, The two Romulans, like, I I don't know. Like, that's that's the kind of information that's fine to put in the comic books. Yes. Because I I understood everything. I understood their Tal Shiar. I understood they had a relationship. I understand that they Mm -hmm. go way back. I didn't know why Picard's sheltering them on Earth, but it seems like you'd have to put them Romulans everywhere if their homeworld blew up. So, yeah, that that kind of stuff's fine. But, like, the jail stuff, I wish that, that was in the episode. Um, So let's move on to Eric. I'm two episodes or two episodes of him assembling his crew and yet not one of them points to him and says, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Lame. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. <laughs> Jesse, I've rewatched now and I can't understand why Laris and Zabin. Is it Zabin? Dude, somebody pronounced it Chibon this episode. Yeah, the emergency hospitality holograph said Shibon. Is that just like the, the way you pronounce it if you're from Venezuela or wherever the Rios dude is from? See, I thought... Back in the day, that names used to follow, like they had a Klingon linguistics guy, and mm-hmm. you know when people got new names, it's like you know you wouldn't have like a a, a Klingon named Charlie, sure. you know, they all and like uh, Spock and you know the, the they they all had like names like that or Sarek or T'Pol mm-hmm. or to Pring or whatever. Um, I don't know, like. I wonder if, like, it, some version that he was Chibon, and then someone came in and said, you can't do that, and it was shot out of order, so now you've got Laris and Zabon, but... Yeah, yeah. Pe- different people are saying it differently. Yeah. Eh. It's confusing to me. He's pronouncing it with a holographic accent. Anyway, I've rewatched it now, and I can't understand why Laris and Zabon don't join Picard on his quest. I mean, aren't the Romulans in dark clothing going to keep beaming in and attacking? Or isn't Starfleet <laughs> security Vulcan lady going to come after them if these... Those aren't already the same. Is there an important grape harvest coming up? Who's going to make Picard's bed and won't he miss number one? I mean, I don't understand why these guys aren't on the mission either. It seemed like they were willing to. And like, if the only reason is, yeah, you got to get the grape harvest in. Like there's robots for that shit. It seems like. (laughs) Yeah, there's certainly robots for some of it. What's At Jordy least. doing? If you can't get him to, yeah. you know, like maybe you feel bad about sending him on this, uh, but like, hey, I want to go on a long tour of the galaxy. Could you come over and watch my grapes for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, you just really need to hit a button every day to make the robots go out and do their thing. Yeah. But they're staying to, to take care of number one. Hmm. But why can't number one be on the ship? Like, I think that'd be cool too. Like, hmm. if Picard has both a Romulan ninja and like a John Wick style combat attack dog. Yeah. Pretty, pretty sweet. Uh, Ginny, your comments last week about Bad Trek and lobbying lobbying all sorts of storylines and ideas at the series to see what stuck prompted me to go back and start TNG from the beginning. 
that that is quite the palate cleanser and will prepare yeah. you for almost any amount of ridiculousness that is in Picard. <laughs> when I started watching, I started at season three. Yeah, same, and it's still, there's some ridiculousness. Oh, yeah. Uh, she says, Crivens, but the encounter at Farpoint is awful. I'm kind of fascinated watching it again, knowing what great things came of it, but jeez, the TV execs must have had a crystal ball or something. Or did they? I guess for late 80s, it's on the money, and also heavily using the original series' tone and feel to benchmark the style of the reboot. So much so that many dresses from the female characters had to wear in the 60s series ca- ca- uh, catapulted into the 80s, including it would seem on this fine strapping man. Now, she's refer- she sent me a screenshot, and there are indeed, in the first episode of Star Trek, uh, dudes wearing the Uhura-style miniskirt and mm-hmm. go-go boot uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sh- just just to give you a background on that, uh, I must confess I did a double take. Not that a dude can't wear a dress. I'm totes 101% behind that. It's just enormously progressive for an 80s American TV show, is it not? Or am I remembering the era differently? Uh, no, it totally is. a lot of progressive is. shit in Star Wars. That's or, sorry, Star Trek. That's Roddenberry, man. He, yeah. like, believed this shit. Man, that's that's the thing. The more I go back and I watch TNG mm-hmm. and I watch the new stuff like Disco and this thinking man roddenberry was just such a massive part of the guidance of those shows yeah he's like he like felt bad about he probably i bet tons of women wrote him in and said why the fucking miniskirts why the fucking miniskirts why the fucking miniskirts and he's like you know what i can't change the old series but what i'll do is show that it's just a very uniform variant men and women can wear it because why the fuck not this guy's got nice legs he's got toned arms he's going to be walking around in a short sleeve dress with go-go boots on Mm -hmm. and it's kind of cool. Now, eventually, I think those things go away. Um, kind they don't of, really thought, commit to it. Yeah, I thought I'd seen a couple. I in did a search. Three. I think there's like four instances of dudes wearing miniskirts, and I don't think there's any past like season two. But mm, have you seen one? I, in I, I did watch. Go back and watch the end of season two. So maybe that's where I saw them. Okay, because this one it happens in Encounter at Farpoint when they're evacuating the families to the. Uh, to, to the uh, saucer yeah, section yeah, to attach it. This, this is guy. He's, very, he's walking around early. in there. So, yeah, and uh, then like Picard and Riker are wearing sort of dress uniforms that are yeah. similar, but with pants. But uh, but but the, the pants are almost like a hose. Yeah, like yeah, hosiery. Yeah, it's it's a what I would call like a more traditionally feminine style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So she wonders, did you spot them when you did your rewatch? Am I making too much of a deal of this, or is this her way of saying, hey, we're in the 24th century, this is how we roll? Uh, no, I think, yeah, I think Roddenberry, I don't know why he did that, but I'm sure it's it's probably that. Because may, also maybe they Deanna wore that micro-mini a lot in early seasons. Yeah. And maybe it's more, it's less like a bunch of women wrote him in, but like, hey, I can't get away with this anymore. So you know what? <laughs> If I want my attractive, you know, Greek actress mm-hmm. in like all this leg showing stuff, I better do it to the men too, or I'll be yeah. But and, I will still make sure that for ninety percent of the time she's right. wearing a dress that shows off her her cleavage. Right. Like it was jarring to me the other day. I watched a, an episode where there was some oh oh so Riker um, was being tricked by the Romulans, or it turned out this kid or whatever who was on this planet, and he thought it was the Romulans, but at yep. first he thought he had been in a coma for like 18 years or something. Yeah. yeah. And Deanna Troy and, and Admiral Picard at that point, mm-hmm. she was like his first officer or something like that. Yeah. And she was wearing a, a uniform, just mm-hmm. a straight up uniform. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. She, I think in like season five or six, she becomes part of the bridge crew. She like passes her command test and starts wearing a uniform and maybe even okay. has a rank or something. I'm not there yet. I'm still in the cleavage. It's weird because like, even like, uh, I think, do chaplains in like the army hold a formal rank like the priests? Mm, I don't know. Um, I know they have uniforms. I always thought it was weird that the counselor just wore like a jumpsuit. Yeah. You know, like she she sometimes wears like a Federation uh, miniskirt. Mm-hmm. And then when she's not, she's wearing this weird mauve skin tight seven and nine outfit. But yeah. it's all because you want to see, you know, Miss Sirtis's right. I mean, nice body. Of course. So anyway. It's uh, it's it's enlightened, but only to a point. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm maybe maybe we can see Picard in a miniskirt. It's, it's next episode. It's our, it's our closest. Uh, a leather miniskirt and yeah. high heels. I want to see it. Hell yeah! All right, uh, that's all we got for feedback. Again, if you'd like to send us some, you can do so. Picard at baldmove.com. That's it for us this week. We'll be back next week to see. Oh, it's. 
I'm setting my expectations basement. I, uh-huh. I, I've already seen the outfits. I'm there for the outfits. Um, there's going to be a lot of like Star Trek attempts at humor, which, you know, are, are not going to be sophisticated. How, how many times deep. have they, they beamed down to a planet in Star Trek looking like fools? I mean, looking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, have you got to it yet or not? The Q episode where he turns them all into uh, Robin Hood figures. And and Worf is wearing is is Will Scarlet and he's wearing these these red tights and he says, Captain, I must protest. I am not a merry man. Like that's yes. what I'm that's what I'm there for. Yes, I have. Is that also the same episode? So Barkley did also a holodeck episode where he had it's recreated all one, of the yeah, yeah. the the captain and first officer, all that is like three musketeers and right. fighting them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not that one, but okay. it's it's a similar similar energy. I think I've got to that one, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we'll be we'll be there for the Pimp Planet next week mm-hmm. on Star Trek Picard. Until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See ya.